0: It's the truth about parenting. Something needs to be real for us. The truth is in the raw things that people don't talk about. This journey is not for the weak. Welcome to the Mama Jack Podcast. Hi, Tia. How
1: are you? Hi, Jackie, I'm doing very well today. How are you? <laughs>
0: Good. Okay, so l- last episode we talked about your journey through pregnancy and this episode or in the last episode you also you had asked doctors and they kind of give you general information about nutrition and you had a career in nutrition. So, what did you do with that after you had your baby like where did that lead you? Tell us about what you do now.
1: So during my pregnancy, I was really looking for more concrete, specific, like try to eat this as often as possible, or more guidelines of what to eat versus the strict, don't eat this, don't eat that, that's going to cause sickness, or even the vagueness of recommendations of, oh, just eat healthy, continue what you're doing. Just eat healthier, you know, watch your weight. That was a big one I got. Watch your weight and continue to eat the way you are. And I also got the opposite of you're eating for two. So just eat whatever you want to, or whatever you feel you need to, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course. It felt so contradicting, like in a society where diet culture has most of us already screwed up with intuitive eating like we don't really know what our bodies need we don't know how to listen to what they need and actually fulfill those needs and then on top of it body image oh my gosh that makes it even harder to decide what to eat because you're just concerned or at least i was so concerned by the weight i was gaining very rapidly and immediately I swear I as like I took a pregnancy test and I started gaining weight. Like it wasn't yeah. even that the baby was necessarily growing growing yet, but I just felt like I was growing yeah and expanding a lot quicker. And so I went to I was searching around for doctors and I would ask them like, okay, I need some help nutritionally. And one actually sent me a referral for a dietitian. I was like great like this is what I wanted. And I got on to a Zoom call with her and she was like, yeah, it sounds like you're doing everything good. And I was like, okay. I mean, I appreciate right the support that way. And I'm looking for more. And she really wasn't interested in looking, giving me more. I, I'm a type of person that loves to share food. I just think it's visually very beautiful and appealing. And so I was already like taking pictures and logging food for, the sharing aspect of it, not really to track myself, but just to share with others of if I can switch my life around and eat whole foods, so can you type of thing. And I was like, I've got things I've been eating, like I would like to show you. And she was like, oh, you don't need to do that. We can just discuss what to do. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it didn't feel, it didn't feel good. Like I didn't walk out of that situation feeling like awesome. I know what to do the next couple of weeks. And so what I decided to do was search, seek, to seek out a certification in prenatal and postpartum nutrition. I felt very grateful for the program I found online because it was such a comprehensive program from preconception into postpartum. I think that the postpartum aspect, especially in the medical field, is so overlooked. And the importance of nutrition postpartum is just as it's just as high as it is in pregnancy, oh, and yeah. so I was you, lose for that.
0: And you lose a lot. And you lose a lot of nutrients, vitamins. Like you're deficient in a lot, especially if you're breastfeeding yes. postpartum.
1: Right, you're deficient in pretty much everything, and mm-hmm. breastfeeding postpartum is even harder because, like, like you said, you're sharing not only. nutrition that you're eating but it's also just coming out of your little pockets of storage that you had and Mm -hmm. you're left with very little for yourself like that's just the way mother nature set us up to be which can be really beautiful and detrimental on our health overall so now my focus is to help preconception to postpartum women and people just feel confident in the way that they're eating to help benefit their whole person health. So I don't focus just on the nutrition, I want them to come from this heart-centered approach. And so there's judgment-free, it's all based around giving yourself grace because as we know, the real lived experience of pregnancy and postpartum, it can be really hard to actually meet our nutrition needs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're sleep deprived and you have a baby attached to you. And yes, yes, absolutely.
1: Yes. So I welcome women at all stages of preconception and postpartum. And the reminder of postpartum goes significantly beyond those six weeks that the medical system likes to focus on. It can go years down, right? Mm -hmm. It takes years for our nutrients to rebuild and Get back to a baseline that actually makes us feel like ourselves again.
0: Yeah, yeah. And of course, when you're pregnant, you also need more. That's why they say take needles, right? Because they give you more of this and more of that and more of this. But I'm sure there's stuff that you can do in food as well, right? So for let's start with the order where it goes, right? So preconception. Is there like one tip, like don't give away your whole thing because we. People to come and talk to you. Right. But if you had one good tip to share about preconception and what you can do to help yourself, because I know a lot of women like with fertility issues or and they tell you just start taking prenatal vitamins. Right. But I'm sure with the nutrition, maybe you, you still do, but maybe you can even get around that as well and just eat the right things. Is that kind of something that you recommend?
1: Yes. So preconception is the opportunity to set the stage for our diet throughout pregnancy. If you enter postpart- or enter that first trimester and you try to make a bunch of changes to your diet, it's overwhelming. You're nauseous. You feel physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually drained. So making changes is not very realistic. Yeah. Post-view preconception as the opportunity to set the stage for your pregnancy. So think of the stuff that you want to take into your pregnancy and start it before you're actually pregnant. Have it build those habits so you can carry them into that first trimester
0: on top of your prenatals. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, because you're not thinking about that once you get pregnant. A lot of people are sick for you know, up to 13 weeks. Sometimes people are sick their whole pregnancy. So I can completely Mm -hmm. understand how like mentally you need to prepare. And even we've talked about this before. I'm a prenatal postpartum trainer certified with O Baby Fitness. I always like, I'm not a nutritionist, but the way I always recommend to people how to change your diet is don't just dive into it. You can change one thing a week, like one healthier option, right? Like, Don't do, you know, plain white rice every day. Throw in quinoa. Throw in whatever other grain you can throw in, right? Just switch it up. Or your milk, you know, if you drink whole milk. Maybe consider a couple days a week popping in another option that maybe isn't as, like, you know, milk is, like, even filled with sugar, you know? So it's, like, way more than me. But, yes. So like the quality for sure. And is that something that you kind of start with? Like you give them little by little integrating. So it's not like a system shock, right?
1: Right. So my approach is small sustainable shifts because Mm -hmm. diets focus on how you can change everything that you're doing. And it is so overwhelming. That is why we fall off of them. That's why we quit them. It's also why they work initially, right? It's because you're changing everything about your life. Yeah. And after you're done with that, it kind of, you just slide back down the hill you're at even farther. And so yeah. small so sustainable shifts will get us to where we want to in the long run. So I am all about this long-term gain versus the quick fix and these magic pills or magic dust. Whatever someone's trying to sell you, if it sounds magical, Walk away because it's not gonna work long
0: term. (laughs) Right. I always say that too. Like, there's nothing that's like because people, you know, they always ask me the questions too, how do I lose my belly fat? How do I and I'm like, you gotta go into the details then and you're like, hate to burst your bubble. Tell me about your lifestyle um, habits. (laughs) Right? So then during pregnancy, you're still losing a lot because you're building a human, like a lot of your nutrients and vitamins go to that little baby human inside of you. So you've already set up the stage and now we're continuing it on. Do you add anything in particular whenever you go into pregnancy? Like, do you up it a little bit or, you know, allow for some wiggle room? Like, what is your approach?
1: Definitely. So for that first trimester specifically, depending on your level of nausea, and what you can actually stomach. My approach is to eat. Allow yourself to eat without feeling guilty about what you're eating. And then I wanna take a look at, okay, so what are you able to stomach? Let's take a look. I prefer people come into our sessions with photos of their food for three to five days to get a really realistic idea of what they're eating. Not to judge it, but to come in and give tips for how can we add a little protein source to that snack that you eat? How can we add anything to the next meal to help support your body while growing this baby? Because like you said, it does take a lot out of us mentally and physically. And if we can just take those small sustainable shifts to add one thing that's doable, especially protein in that first trimester, and then carry that on throughout your pregnancy, it's going to benefit both you and your baby.
0: Yeah, and I remember, oh, my God, my first pregnancy, that first trimester, it was like I was drugged. I slept my life away. Like, if I was not at work, I was sleeping. <laughs> it was The fatigue. Was bad. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My second one, I couldn't be that way because I had a toddler, and that's just... literally the only reason I was not that way is because I had no a option. toddler that I had to take care of. <laughs> okay. So first trimester, second trimester, people start to feel a little better normally. You know, you're, it's like the happy time, right? The happy time. I'm using finger quotes when I say that because not for everybody, every pregnancy is different. Um, Do you add
1: anything, any tips for second trimester? So second trimester, yes, it's typically the point that women start to feel good again and stop vomiting. So this is kind of a temptation period of like, I need to catch up. I need to do all of this stuff to make up for the stuff I didn't do in the last 12 weeks. And I get that. And I want to honor that space and also help people just do it slowly. Like, let's start adding in more fruits and vegetables. Where can we add this in our snacks and our meals and really focus on our hydration at this period too, because we are starting to retain a lot more fluids in our body and we need to replenish that and make sure our amniotic fluid is getting nice and full and ready for that third trimester. So if we can focus on adding some nutrients to each time we eat and really focus on true hydration, you know, getting enough sodium and electrolytes with the water we're consuming.
0: Yeah. I remember having a pregnancy bottle where I filled it two or three times a day and it had the times on it and then had my little tribe or like week stickers. I was able to put every week in it, like said, you know, how long the baby is and their possible weight and what fruit they were that week or whatever it was, fruit or veggie. Okay. Awesome. And third trimester this is when we're starting to feel like the growth and it feels like oh my god you can't eat right because there's no room like it sometimes it literally feels like there's no where is it like it can't go in there anymore I don't have a stomach the baby's there so what do you suggest for the third trimester
1: third trimester I suggest doing small meals Not only just like snacks, right? I think when we think of snacks, we look at, you know, protein bars, protein shakes, like those things aren't bad by any means, but it's on a meal. So if we can take what we would normally eat for dinner, but cut it in half and eat it two to three hours apart, that's great because we need to make sure that we are meeting our needs in this trimester. And not so fun fact, less than 50% of pregnant people are meeting their third trimester protein needs and
0: oh gee,
1: right and that's a huge thing. like we need to make sure we get enough protein. It's gonna help with the swelling. We already feel super swollen in that time. Oh yeah, so anything that can be can reduce that, I was jumping on it. so I was making sure I was continuing that protein intake from the first trimester throughout and really focusing on those small frequent meals. Again, meals versus snacks. It was really yeah. important.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I feel like a lot of people, when you say small meals, would just like have maybe a, a heavier snack as the small meal. Right. You know, it wouldn't just be taking your dinner and cutting it in half and eating it later. That's super smart. I mean, with my first, I was really good at that. With my second, it was always cake. I was bad. I couldn't eat. I was so sick. The only two things, and I forced myself to eat healthy. I have to tell you, I forced myself to eat healthy. But the only two things that did not make me ill, and I'm talking the whole 39 weeks this child was inside of me, was cake and pizza. Those are the only two things that she would not make me sick with. And she loves cake and pizza. So, like, whatever. I fed her that. Not in excess. But I I allowed myself that with my second yeah. one. I was like, you know what? Like, if this is what makes if this is what makes you happy pointing to my stomach, whatever. I just don't want to feel like I wanna barf still. And it was like That's right, Whoa. I'm 39 weeks of that with my second one. My little girl she was a whirlwind from the beginning. Well, and okay, so. we
1: really are in survival mode throughout pregnancy. So if we can make things as easy as possible, I think that we need to leverage that and just accept it and do it with, you know, the mindful aspect of it. Like pizza is awesome. We eat pizza multiple times a week. I'm now at this point where I'm making my crust and we put spinach on it and different veggies. Like we can have a good version of pizza versus this ultra processed pizza that we have to pick up for $5. Like. There's a difference between the two and honoring that and accepting that and teaching yourself different ways to get through it in a way that feels really aligned and centered with yourself and not from a place that feels mad and angry at yourself or guilty for eating these quote unquote bad foods.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yes. The guilt. Oh my goodness. The guilt. But I have to tell you. I didn't feel guilty I was like good no, I'm, I'm eating the cake
1: <laughs> yes I with I'm my pregnancy I loved the desserts loved them <laughs> oh my god that's
0: so funny okay so I'm sure with postpartum there are different categories right there's probably like like fresh post I don't even know what you would call it like the first couple weeks maybe before you get your milk and then if you're breastfeeding there's probably nutrition that goes with that if you're not breastfeeding there's probably nutrition that goes with that because you don't want to be eating all this stuff that's producing milk to make you maybe in pain or anything because we know when that milk comes in it's like (laughs) you know like it's there so the first couple weeks after pregnancy of course we're losing Blood still people don't realize so I'm sure a lot of women tend to be anemic so mm-hmm. is it like iron that you would add in there is there something special that you
1: suggest? iron is huge yes our mineral depletion at this time needs to be a focus so rebuilding our iron our zinc our magnesium like our mineral rich drinks with like bone broth and coconut water or water with just lemon and salt, like those little things that are actually not taking a lot of energy and time out of your day because fresh postpartum, I don't, you don't have time. You don't have energy. Like you are just learning how to be a mom. You're learning how to take care of this new human's needs. And at the same time you are healing physically and emotionally as well. So focusing on our foods, like our red meats and our organ meats, animal proteins are really good but if you're not an animal protein eater you can focus on like your leafy greens your spinaches and even zinc so beans and seeds and nuts and dark chocolate is actually a really good thing for this time because of all the magnesium and zinc within that oh
0: girl I was doing good before it anyway, because every time <laughs> I would pump I would pump I pumped with both of my kids the one I tried to latch for two months it was crazy but I pumped I did I was a pumping machine I was a cash cow is what I called myself and I ate kind bars the dark chocolate ones with all sure. the nuts in the dark yes. chocolate on it like that's my go that was my go-to snack pretty much with both pumping sessions sorry it's is in many air and oh
1: I did good pat on the back I didn't even know it look at that well nice. and that's too it's one <laughs> when, when you can identify like your needs and trust your cravings, it's so powerful because our intuition does come out in the things that we crave. We just have to be able to identify the right thing that is going to satisfy that craving, that true need versus that ultra processed desire that sometimes our palates are conditioned in ways that our society just the food system is a whole nother subject on that and so (laughs) tapping back into like those whole foods as much as possible that is what's going to set you up for success nutritionally at any stage in pregnancy postpartum preconception life in general
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's amazing so yeah postpartum oh my goodness that's the one thing that you think oh postpartum six months or three months yeah. technically postpartum is the rest of your life if you want to get technical it is <laughs> you are postpartum forever but like your actual body it can take years like years and years and fitness wise I see a lot of questions like this so I'm sure nutrition wise you get it too because women don't realize they have a prolapse because doctors don't initially just tell you that for some reason like I found out I had a prolapse like a year after I had my daughter I was like what and I only found out because I asked you know it wasn't like it's not a huge one that like I need surgically taken care of or anything like that it was more just physical therapy to handle it but it's it's crazy what happens with your body and a lot of times your stomach muscles don't go together for a really long Mm -hmm. time women can have I'm not even going to say it. There's a te- there's a medical term for it that I butcher every time I know I'm a trainer and I need to actually just keep repeating it. But your stomach muscles separate when you're pregnant. A lot of times they have trouble closing again. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And women will find this out years later that it's still not closed.
1: So right. they'll be
0: working out and hurting themselves. So I always find like number 1 is core for working out right Mm -hmm. and i could imagine like protein also goes with this with postpartum as well is is that something that you can can you want people don't realize how the protein for you like all the time working out or not i feel like protein is like number one that people just you know think oh if i'm lifting weights i need more protein no it's super important All the time.
1: It's so true. And the quality of protein is huge. Like, not all meat, eggs, and dairy products on the shelf are created equal anymore. And it sucks because it can be really overwhelming. But if you learn how to read your labels, learn how to identify the marketing scams out there, you can set yourself up to be empowered in making those decisions and rebuilding your nutrient depletion in such a way that is empowering and really set you up for long-term health because it's so it's so confusing because like nutrient depletion is affects every component of health it affects our healing our energy our mood our baby's development our hormonal issues our subsequent pregnancies daily quality of life it affects everything and The symptoms we see for nutrient depletion are insomnia, brain fog, fatigue, exhaustion, weight gain, mood swings, decreased immunity, anxiety, depression, low libido, irregular periods. Like these are things that are just quote unquote common things in postpartum anyway. So it's like, ah, how am I supposed to know if I'm nutrient depleted or if this is just normal? Like the guidelines are so ambiguous. It's really, it can be overwhelming and it can be just confusing and hard to step into. But once you take that step and really focusing on tuning into your body's cues and needs and taking the radical move of actually meeting those needs through your actions, you feel so aligned with yourself and the empowerment bleeds into your everyday quality of life on such a high level. It's, It's hard to not preach it and share it with everybody.
0: Yeah. And uh, there have been periods of my life right now, I will admit I'm not the best, but that I was eating super healthy and paying attention to all of those things. And then as time goes on and you're doing this, your body stops craving all of the like cake, the crazy. And I mean, I'm not saying give up cake forever. I just keep saying cake, but like ice cream, you know, candy bars, anything that's like sweet and full of sugar but it like stops craving it and when you do right. eat it you're like ooh you almost feel hungover like it's like your body's yeah. like what did you do like
1: <laughs> it's so true and i like to think of it as like i don't want anybody to give up anything like what oh. can we add to what we're currently doing to slowly change our palate slowly change what we are craving And meet our cravings in a way that feels aligned. Like my goal is to help people move away from the ultra processed stuff and still eat cake, but just have a version that's not filled with artificial flavors and colors and eat something that's made with just flour, eggs, and milk. Like it can still taste Mm -hmm. really great. You get to actually put your love and time and effort into it too. And it makes it more satisfying in my experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you for sure. And for the people let's say, okay, I don't have time for this. It seems like a lot of pressure cooking all of this food when I can just go out and buy like something pre-made. Do you mm-hmm. suggest meal prep? Is that something that you suggest?
1: If it works for you, definitely. And I think there's a couple different versions of meal prep. Um remind like there's the slow and steady version of every time you cook just cook double and put half of it away in the freezer for another time or you could do like the fast and furious meal prep where you just do a bunch of different meals within a couple hours and finding which version of meal prepping fits your lifestyle I think is very important and also empowering to actually taking control of cooking at home again and asking yourself, is this really a big inconvenience or have I been conditioned to believe that when I spend a certain amount of time in my home, in the kitchen, doing these things is unproductive. Mm -hmm. Our society is good at telling us that we don't have time to do these things because it's not producing a monetary value. And in reality, our health as a whole is declining because we no longer put value behind Home cooked whole foods and spending time together as a family cooking and eating at a table versus in front of a TV, even.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's super important. You're absolutely right with the whole cooking together because they say, I, you know, toddlers get picky and they say, have them cook with you, have them. You know, prep with you, have them bake whatever they're doing. And it truly is like so much fun to watch them do that. I don't know if your kid's old enough to do that. He's sixteen months, you said?
1: Yes, so he's sixteen months old. Um but I love cooking. Like I it's not I did not always be this way. I honestly like I in college I went grocery shopping. I put in quotes at the local gas station. Like <laughs> <laughs> I yes. did not like the grocery store. I did not like cooking. None of that was for me. And it wasn't until I actually became more conscious and aware of nutrition and like why I wanted to learn how to cook and put time and effort into this stuff that I realized how important it is to be in the kitchen and do these things. And so ever since Otto was little, I would put him on like wear baby wear him and I'd cook. I would cook. I'd do our meals. I would do as much as I can. And as soon as he was old enough to stand up on his own and stand in one of those um, little kitchen helpers, Mm -hmm. uh, I forget what they're called, a learning tower, I put him in there. So, like, 11 months old, he's standing in there, and we are cooking together all the time. And he, to this day, loves cooking. It takes a lot longer. Everything is significantly messier. He eats everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easier. We break dishes. Like. (laughs) It's messy, but it's beautiful. And he would prefer to be in the kitchen with me now than he would prefer over toys. And sometimes I get in the mind of like, I need to get this done quickly, why? But I have to slow down or remind myself that like I'm installing this home cooking value in him at such a young age. And he has eaten everything still. He loves all of the food. We did baby led weeding from the beginning and he hasn't turned down anything. Tomatoes. He's not a fan of tomatoes. That is the one thing that I found. (laughs) But he hasn't turned away any foods. Like everything I eat, he eats. And I have just made it that be like our plates always look the same within sizing, you know, bite sizes and the safety regulations for him. Mm -hmm. But our food's the same. And he sees like me and my husband, his dad eating the same stuff. And he wants to eat it. It's part of that innate desire to belong as humans. Yeah. It's in toddlers too. And it's so fun to cultivate that and really just enjoy our food together because food is such a such a pillar in our house. Like it's something that we truly value. I feel like
0: most people would think that way, but it's something that's easily dropped. You know, that's the one thing that's just like, Oh, well, we could just do something quick. That's the first thing that goes whenever you're busy and, you know, this one has practice or that one has to go here. For some reason, food is the first thing that's always the thing being cut out, right? The time that's cut is cooking and everything like that. But that's when you grab your frozen stuff, right, that you had already prepared. Exactly.
1: And our fast, our quick and convenient culture around food is it's hard not to fall into it. I think that's why it's the first thing to go, because we have all of these options. Like if we didn't have a drive through option, if we didn't have the option to pick up or order out, we wouldn't be able to drop it like that wouldn't be something that we could drop. And so we have to realign with our values and really ask ourselves, like, where, where do we want to invest our time? And how can we make this work with our schedule? Like, if it is only one day a week that you have three hours, make it work. Like, you, it doesn't have to be that you're cooking meals every day. We're not cooking meals every day. Cook once and eat multiple times. Cook once, throw some stuff in the freezer so you have something to pull out quickly. Try to find ways that work with your lifestyle that feel life giving, not life draining, because there is so much out there draining our energy. That I don't want to add to that. I don't. I want food to feel like a pleasure because it is. I want it to feel like something that you enjoy doing and feel really energized by it.
0: I love that. I love your approach, and you're absolutely right. Whenever you're feeding the way that you you should be feeding yourself and then what you actually need, what's aligned with you. You feel so good. You truly do like, it's easier to get up. It's easier to go to bed. It's everything becomes easier. It's just taking those baby steps to get yourself there. So, and not jumping into it like a crazed maniac because (laughs) a lot of people I know do. And I'm just like, Oh, all these diet fads. And I just look at them and I'm like,
1: Right. And I don't want to know what it's gonna do to you in And in like been 20 there.
0: years. Like, yes. oh God, okay. Like I'm not trying to judge. I'm I just get worried. Like I honestly get worried about some of it because I'm like, that's some that's a lot to take in, you know, particular diets. I'm sure right. you can probably imagine which one I'm talking about. But there are a couple that have been like that. And I'm you know, with a little bit of fitness and nutrition, I know I'm like, ooh, okay. If that's what makes you feel good now, but I don't know about that in the long, long run. Like, that, right. that seems like it might come back to bite you a little bit.
1: Well, and it's hard because, like, I've been there. I have I loved all the fad diets. I loved restricting my eating and feeling good and trying to be small. Like, it worked for me for a period of time, I thought. And it wasn't until like I realized how hard life truly is and how much harder it is when you feel like shit or when you feel bad. Like, You're it's fine. So, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> we so swear much, on this
0: podcast.
1: <laughs> it's so much harder to show up and actually accept what is in life when you feel like crap. Like when you actually yeah. feel healthy, you can take on all the uncertainty you can take on the unknowns and out of like the stuff that's uncontrollable in your life and actually show up for it and do the hard thing from a place that feels aligned with you still
0: well that's beautiful is there anything else that you'd like to share about this
1: right now I am still navigating how to health coach while being a stay-at-home mom but I do offer like a free 30-minute session where we review, like I said, three to five days worth of eating. And I give you support for two weeks after that. And then that may be like email support, text support, depending on where we're at and what we decide is best for you. I think that this approach is important and that's why I give it for free because it's so hard to make changes. But when we do it, In a small, sustainable, life-giving ways, it adds up to be just the biggest, most impactful and empowering thing that you can do for yourself and for your family.
0: I love that. Okay, so I will put all of your information in the show notes and they will know where to find you. Do you have anything you want to shout out? It's all going to be in the show notes anyways, but if you just want to give a little shout out, that's (laughs) okay too.
1: So I can be found on Instagram at tia.walden that's T I A period W A L D E N and I've also recently launched my own podcast Begin Again Mama where I go over whole person health because I truly believe health goes farther than just nutrition our food choices are impacted by the what we feel and think and do who we surround ourselves with everything from emotional spiritual Mental and physical health make a difference in our everyday overall quality of life, and I'm starting to talk about that on the perspective of motherhood and all the changes and twists and turns that come with that. I love that,
0: and I can't wait to listen. And I haven't listened to it. Jeff you have will a be good on that too. now. Yes, <laughs> I'm put on. We're taking over each other's shows. Yes. Awesome. Well, it was so great talking to you. And thank you so much
1: for this. Yes. Thank you, Jackie.
0: Welcome to the end of another episode of the Mama Jack Real Raw Parenting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Remember, parenting is a journey filled with ups and downs, and it's okay to make mistakes along the way. The Mama Jack Podcast is here to provide you with support, guidance, and real-life stories from fellow parents who are navigating the challenges of raising children. If you have any questions, topics you'd like me to cover, or stories you'd like to share, please reach out to me. I love hearing from my listeners and incorporating your experiences into future episodes. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Podpage, all under The Mama Jack T H E M A M A J A C. Thank you for tuning in. Remember you're not alone in this journey and together we can create a supportive community of real raw parents. Stay tuned for more episodes filled with laughter, tears, and everything in between until next time. Keep being the amazing parent that you are.